You're listening to the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast, your source for news, discussion, and debates about the Vols and Lady Vols basketball programs. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to another episode of the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. I'm Nathaniel Rutherford, and I'm joined again by a special guest this week because Tennessee, once again, has picked up a commitment in men's basketball. So I wanted to bring on a familiar name, someone that uh, you all probably heard, I guess, a month or so ago. Uh, it feels like, I guess, I guess earlier this month, I'm trying to remember when, the, when BJ Edwards committed. Um, but I'm bringing on, again, Knox Catholic assistant boys coach, Coach Gerard Hall, on here to talk about the commitment of seven-foot big man in-state prospect Hanjay Tamba, who originally was in the 2022 class along with BJ Edwards. But when he announced his commitment and was going to sign with Tennessee, he announced that he is reclassifying to the 2021 class. So he will be part of Tennessee's current class, thus being able to join them immediately for the upcoming 2021-2022 uh, season. I do, however, believe he will probably redshirt unless, you know, Tennessee has, you know, just like a rash of injuries in, in the post. But you got to think of, you know, you have John Fulkerson, you have um, Brendan Huntley Hatfield, you have Jonas Adu, you have Olivier Camwa, even Urosh, who, you know, he's been here. He's a, another seven footer like Andre Tamba, um, but he's, he's been on campus, you know, for a couple years at this point. So I imagine with Tamba being, you know, a guy who actually hasn't played basketball for super long. I think this is his fifth year of, of actually playing basketball. I imagine this will be a, a redshirt year for him as a true freshman. I think that's perfect. I think he'll get afforded the possibility um, and the opportunity that Cal Alexander was not able to have at Tennessee. You know, Cal Alexander could really have benefited from a, a redshirt year his first year at Tennessee, but unfortunately, because Tennessee had basically nobody else in that roster, um, capable of playing at the at the five, and, and they needed bigs in a in a pardon the pun in a big way. He had to go in and play as a true freshman, and and you know you could tell that he needed some time, but unfortunately just was not allowed it to develop and um, improve his game. Because I'm, I'm trying to go back and look at what that roster was like when he was a true freshman. Yeah, you had uh, Derek Reese as your only other. I guess Ray Sango technically too, and Jabari McGee, but those are new guys that were brought in as your um, as your true post options, I guess. And Jabari McGee was around six seven, and he's you know kind of a a four more likely. Sango and, and Reese were six eight, um, kind of I guess fives maybe and undersized fives and that thing. So basically though, you had nobody playing the five. Um, you had to play Kyle Alexander. And he played in his, his freshman year, all 32, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, 32 of the 34 games Tennessee played that season. Yeah, so he played in most of them, and he even made uh, 11 starts that year as well. So, yeah, that was where Tennessee was depth-wise at the at post when Cal Alexander was brought in. That is not where Tennessee will be uh, with Andre Tamba in the post when he comes in to Tennessee. So I wanted to talk about what Andre Tamba brings to the Vols as a true freshman, his obviously being seven foot is huge, literally, for Tennessee. Uh, has about a seven foot six wingspan. So I wanted to talk to Coach Hall um, about his offensive game, his defensive game, um, his overall development, how he thinks he can be used and developed in Tennessee, what his potential is, and you know how smart the kid is. He reclassified and is skipping a whole year of high school. I mean, seems pretty smart to me. And you'll get kind of an in depth 
uh, look into that and look at what he is as a player here in this interview. So without further ado, here is my interview with Coach Hall about Tennessee commitment and now signee Hanjay Tamba from Knox Catholic in the 2021 recruiting class. And I have with me here today a special guest who you all have probably heard before. Had him on last time Tennessee got a commitment from Knoxville Catholic. And that is Coach Gerard Hall, the assistant boys basketball coach at Knox Catholic. Happy to have you on again, Coach, to talk about another Knox Catholic basketball commit for Tennessee. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me back on. Absolutely. So my first thought when I saw that Andre Tama committed was, well, I got to contact Coach Hall again and get him on the podcast so we can talk about uh, Andre Tamba committing because last time we talked it was when BJ Edwards committed and unbeknownst to our listeners because this was off air you know actually talked about Tamba um, off the record last time we talked uh, after, with about BJ Edwards so only fitting that now I bring you back on here to talk about Tamba officially this time so he comes out and he commits uh, to Tennessee on Tuesday afternoon actually like right around lunchtime right at noon basically on Tuesday uh, noon Eastern with the Vols giving them a what, seventh commitment, seven per, seventh person in the basically in the 2021 class because not only did he commit, but he reclassified from the 2022 class to the 2021 class, making the second big man to reclassify and commit to Tennessee. Obviously, joining um, Bryce Huntley Hatfield in the big man category to reclassify and join Tennessee. Second, Knoxville Catholic player to commit to Tennessee as well over the last couple of months. Uh, again, BJ Edwards committing not too long ago as well. So, Coach, let me hop into it here. Obviously, Hanji Tamba, a seven-footer. Uh, just I, I haven't, I've watched a little bit of his highlights and stuff, but not a ton. But you like to think you, you see seven-footer, you think, you assume, okay, rim protector. Is that true? Is he a, on defense? Is he a guy that has been, you know, able to get a lot of blocks and be that that rim protector kind of guy for you guys? You know, he, he really is. He's He does a good job of uh, – really protecting the basket and really knowing how to even against guys when we play the IMGs of the world uh, even guys his size of you know standing straight up and jumping straight up not really coming down bringing his hands down against guys who can maybe you know can jump a little bit higher than the average guard that comes in or uh, guys his side he's he's just he's he's just he knows how to play the game without fouling it took him a while you know obviously his freshman and sophomore years were things where he would you know get in foul trouble a little bit by coming straight down uh, when people kind of jumped into him and obviously you know in the basketball if you if you try to block a shot and your arms come down no matter what happens he's gonna they're probably gonna call a foul but he got really good later in his sophomore year all the way up to to last year's junior year just jumping straight up and really i mean i think he does a better job of uh, you know just alternating somebody's shot you know it's 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 hard to go in there you're thinking you're gonna lay the ball up but you got to change your mind the last second to maybe a floater. And a lot of times if he didn't get a, a piece of it of, of a, or a true block, it was something that you just, you have to shoot it, you know, a hundred feet up in the air just to get it to the rim, just cause he was, he was right there. And then again, if he doesn't even leave the ground, his arms are so long. You still, you're, you're still going to have a hard time getting a shot off against him. That's a really good point. You know, that, that isn't in the stat sheet. You don't see, you know, altered shots. It's only blocks shows up, blocks, steals, things like that. You don't see guys, you know, the, the stats show up of altering a shot or, you know, cutting off a guy from the lane who the, the guard thinks he's going to go up for a layup or whatever. And then that seven-footer you know, steps in front of him. He's like, uh-oh, and dishes it back out to the perimeter. It's like you don't exactly. see those on the stat sheet, but that's a really good mm-hmm. point. You know, I, I think his, his impact for you guys – Seems like it, it went beyond, you know, just blocks and whatnot. It, it goes deeper for his defense. And I, I imagine, you know, 
in that same vein and, and you know looking at what the stat sheet says obviously when you see seven footer you also think rebounding you know he, he should be a guy that is able to pull down rebounds and stuff so that was another question I, I had for you is is he you know rebounding wise is he a guy that kind of fights for that is he a, a you know big a, a I don't think from his frame he's like a you know a big bully kind of pushing guys around or anything like that. To me, it seems like he's more like a guy that can run up and down the court and use his athleticism more to make a difference. So as a rebounder, just kind of as a as an athlete, you know, how would you describe Andre Tomba? Well, he's kind of it's kind of hard to say. He kind of he doesn't he looks deceiving. You can say that. I hate to say that because he's seven foot. You think he grab every board, but the part of that's deceiving is and how physical he is. Because you kind of look at him, you think, well, he's obviously he's seven foot tall. And a lot of people say, well, he's seven foot tall, but he's skinny, so we can just go in there and push him around, and and we'll be able to still get rebounds because we're just box him out and be more physical with him. Tomba's not like he's a kid that it, like he's not gonna he's not gonna back down from anybody. He's gonna go in there and body you, battle for every single rebound. And I think that's the one thing that I love about him because you would think you know how skinny he is and. You know, has he hasn't fully played the game, uh, you know, a whole lot of time playing the game, but he adjusts on the fly very well. But if the ball's off the rim, he's getting it. Um, he's putting it back up on the offensive side. He's getting it out to the outlets to to Blue or to to BJ, and we're getting on the court. And once he, yeah, once he gets the ball down the court, or once he gets it to the wing or to BJ, he is a dead full sprint uh, down to another end. You know, he. I don't have. I don't know the numbers offhand, but I mean, it was. I mean, I think him and BJ are one of the top two in rebounds. I think Blue was kind of got up there late in the season last year. But, I mean, Tomba, I mean, he was pulling at least, you know, close to nine, close to ten rebounds a game, probably even more on some of those, a lot of those big games he had. And they was probably thinking probably people hearing, well, he's seven foot, he's pulling down ten to ten rebounds a game. That's maybe not enough. Well, when you have good rebounding guards like, you know, BJ and, and – uh in Blue Cane, you know, it's kind of hard to get all the rebounds, but and a lot of things is like we said earlier, he's he's blocking shots. He's you know, if he's doing up for a block, it's going to come off, so he's not going to get all the rebounds. You know, obviously, I know for sure he definitely led the team in uh, offensive putbacks and offensive rebounds just because how well he moves. You can see the ball coming off the rim very well. He knew how the ball was going to bounce from BJ, or he had, he definitely knew how the ball was going to bounce from uh, Presley, who was shooting threes. So. You know, it's his physicality that kind of gets me and kind of makes me happy because you look at him, like I said, he, he doesn't look like he's going to get in there and battle for rebounds, but he's going to get in there and battle you. And his physicality, he works out all the time. But, yeah, he's going to battle you for each and every rebound. And if he doesn't get each and every rebound, especially uh, on the defensive end and other teams getting offensive putbacks and offensive rebounds, uh, he's going to come over to the timeout. And he's going to be, He's going to be very upset about it. That kind of feeds in pretty well to a, another question I had here um, before I get to his offensive game, but kind of talking about um, really kind of what what kind of um, I guess kind of player he is and, and just mm-hmm. trying to think how word this is. I, I kind of I think it kind of does go into his offensive game, so I might as well just go ahead and ask about <laughs> his his offensive <laughs> game here too. So so offensively though, he's a guy that I know from uh, reading other interviews and stuff. He's only been playing basketball for like what five six years at this point. You know he he. Yeah, seems pretty newish mm-hmm. to the game. So offensively, I imagine you know that's probably come along a little bit slower for him than defense because it seems like you know you have to learn offense. It takes a little bit more to learn that. So offensively, what? How would you describe him? He's a guy that kind of battles around the rim. Does he? Does he have a perimeter game? You know, what? What? Would you, how'd you guys use him offensively? 
we use him uh we with him you know last year we had a four out one in motion style so I mean, he was on block to block somebody played zone he'd run the free throw line sometimes he'd run the baseline sometimes he does have an out it's surprising he does have an outside game and i think we i mean listen we begged him to step out 15 17 foot and shoot that jump shot i mean it's it so you know you're thinking it's not going to go in but in practice and shoot around and stuff like that he'll shoot it and you know he'll knock it down more than more times than this but you know he liked being around the basket he liked his back around the basket he's each and every year he's gotten better with his footwork he's gotten better with his face-up game he's gotten better with you know good post moves uh the thing we asked him last year was to uh, be a little bit quicker on, on his decision making and you know tomba he just said yes sir and went about it got to work and when he'd catch it he wouldn't wait forever but um, he does a great job of uh, making that post move and, and going up with it. But I think the best thing about him is he does a great job even passing out of a double team, excuse me, or seeing the double team come um, and hitting the dive, man. And Tomba's one of those, he's very unselfish. He knows that, especially in high school ball, he knew that all eyes were on him. So, I mean, he knew he's he's he would hold on to it, but at the same time he's waiting on somebody to cut to the basket. That's how smart this kid is. He's just, he knows that, Somebody, as soon as he puts the ball on the ground, two or three guys are going to try to come and get it, and he already knows it's coming, and he's just waiting and waiting until somebody cuts, and they finally do. He'll hit them on the dive, and uh, and we'll score a layup. But his post moves, it gets better and better every year, and I, I know with him going to Tennessee with Coach Barnes and with that staff, he those post moves, they'll have him working on them. He'll come up with something new every single day, but he's gotten better and better with those post moves, but we use them around the, around the rim most of the time. But like we said, we wanted him – to step out and hit that jumper. I think a lot of times he just wasn't very comfortable with it at the time. He knew we had BJ and Presley and uh, Sam Samparak at the time uh, shooting threes and shooting outside shots. So he just wanted to get those rebounds and putbacks. But uh, he's a back to the basket, kind of back you down a little bit. And, uh, he did a better job this, this past year of just making one move and going up with it. He reminds me a bit, um, even of, of a taller, <clears throat> taller, not as skinny version of Kyle Alexander a few years ago, and, and this in multiple ways, not not only because of him athletically, but you look at Kyle Alexander as a guy again, like Tomba hadn't played basketball for very long. To me, I look right. at at Hanje as a, a guy who's a very physically gifted athlete. We, you were talking, about, you and I were talking before it record, seven footer with a seven foot six wingspan, and as you said, he can move up yeah. down the court very well. Um, I think though he has the potential to get what. Cal Alexander didn't when he came to Tennessee. That is, I think, potentially registering this year. Do, do you think he that would be something that he would look to? Because obviously he's reclassifying. You know, he, he's immediately eligible. But is that a, a do you know if that's a conversation he's had Tennessee of coming in and you know using this first year as a year to kind of learn, you know, maybe bulk up a little bit, but also use it to develop and you know not have to throw him into the fire immediately. Which you know, unfortunately for Cal Alexander, he had to be, and he kind of had to learn right. by you know trial by fire for him. And it, it you know he ended up being a good player. But I, I wish he'd had time to have you know, to develop and whatnot. I think Hanje has an opportunity. I'm just curious if you know that's if that's the, the path that he's talked about with Tennessee or not. Excuse me. He hasn't really he hasn't talked to me or you know, I don't I'm not sure if he talked to Coach Hutchins about it, but mm-hmm. I think just looking at everything, I you know, I think that may be the road, um, you know, of him red shirting. You know, I think the the biggest thing for him is I mean, he works out every single day, him and Presley and all those guys go to D one and work out all the time. But they um but it's something, you know, you're looking at him, you're probably going to think, and people look at him and see him, they're like, well, playing the SEC, he's going to have to put on some weight. 
hit that weight room. And I think that's one of the things he's he will definitely do. He you know he'll have no problem doing that. But I think that's probably a good path for him right now. It's you know and again like we said he's only been playing for five years. I mean it's you know going against guys who've been playing ball since they've been six years old and playing AAU for a high level for you know multiple years and multiple years you know where Tomba's only been playing you know a good travel schedule for the last four with B Major Elite and they played the top teams in the country. But it's it'll be something that obviously the speed of it, the physicality of it, and then the verbiage and how to play and the playbook and all that kind of stuff. There, Tomba will get it. He'll get it all from the weight room to the nutrition to the playbook to the physicality. It's all going to come to him. But him walking into Thompson Bowling Arena and playing against the Kentuckys and the Floridas of the world, that's going to take time. But I, I know he'll do it. But yeah, it probably would be a sense of. Of, uh, of something he'll probably do is definitely do that. And listen, if Coach Barnes says, hey, this is what we're going to do, we know you're going to be very good at it, but we just got to get some things. We got to work some things out. Tomba will buy in 100%. He'll go on, he'll live in the weight room. He'll he'll live in the film room. He'll work, he'll stay after practice. I mean, he'll do all that stuff to make sure when, when his time is, when his time is called, he'll be ready. That basically, you basically kind of answered the, another question I had, and I know obviously I sent these questions over to you beforehand, so you, you knew this one, but it had it had to do with you know the kind of learner that Hanje is because I, I you just basically kind of again answered it, but I, I was going to ask you like how you know good of a learner he is did, did he absorb what you guys taught him, and do you think he's going to fit well in what Rick Barnes' system is because I you know you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Rick Barnes has been known and his coaching staff has been known as good teachers as, as guys that can develop players and um you know help them reach their potential and I, i'm curious you know what his process has been like from the first year that you coached him to you know where he is now as a player and, and kind of you know what he is as a as a student basically of not just obviously as a, a student at, at knox catholic but a student of the game too <laughs> man from the first time like i said i've had remember the last last time when we talked about BJ I coached middle school ball at Sacred Heart and my last year there was Tomba's eighth grade year just seeing him from eighth grade till till now I mean it's a huge jump it doesn't matter what you ask him to do he'll definitely try it and he'll do it and then Tomba's a great kid to where he's going to ask questions you know I think a lot of kids just want to go through practice and kind of just scrimmage and roll the ball out there and they really don't want to work as hard. They don't want to be on the side goals. and You know what I mean? Like, they don't want to do that. Tomba, he's going to take the time. He, you know, you show him a post move or a drill, he's going to ask you questions. Okay, how you want me to do this? How, where do you want my feet? How, if, okay, well, what if the defender does this? What if they send two at me? Or what if he's playing me like this? Tomba's very smart of the game to where he's going to, he's going to make sure he's prepared to take what he learned on the practice court in, on the game court. You know what I mean? He's not going to sit there and just – go through the motions and just say, hey, give me the ball and I'll shoot my little sky hook and my baby hook and we'll just keep it moving. He's He wants to know, you know, okay, well, where are my other four guys going to be on the court? How can I, you know, make the pass out of a double team? How can I make a pass out of a triple team? You know, what happens if I spin baseline? He's one of those that he's he, he's going to put in the work. And he, him and BJ are one of those guys that, that consistently, all our guys do it. We have one gym. So I have, we have early practice. The girls come right in, but he's always the one. Those two are always the one. I don't want to keep talking about BJ, but those two are consistently the ones staying after practice. He's shooting free throws. He's you know even though he doesn't shoot them in the game, he's shooting those outside the seventeen footers. And then he's working on those post moves that you you worked with him on in practice. I mean he's a quick learner. I mean 
take out take out basketball. He's just a he's one of the smartest kids I've ever been around, and I've been around a few. I mean, he's just picks it up in a heartbeat and he's going to work at it. So that him going in there and working on anything or them showing what to do, he's going to ask questions. He wants to make sure he's doing it right. He wants to make sure he's doing what you, what you ask him to do. And then he's going to keep working on it and working on it until he gets better at it. And he's going to keep trying to perfect it as he goes along. Well, speaking of him being a student in the classroom too, I, I, obviously with him, we're classifying, um, assuming he's pretty smart, uh, could you talk about what kind of student he is and just kind of how how smart he is? Because I think I saw somewhere that he's like a he's a member of the National Honor Society and a 4.0 GPA. So I mean that that pretty much backs it up that you, if you're you know if you can reclassify and you know skip a year of high school, you're pretty smart, I think. Yeah, uh, he's you know I, I don't know you know he's I'm not that smart enough to keep up with any of his classes. <laughs> I don't think any of us are, but I know obviously he speaks French, and I think his first freshman year he was in. French four or something like that. I think that's pretty good, I guess. But I always joke around with him uh, how he, even his freshman year till now, I always joke around with him just, you know, I, are you teaching the French class yet? Or are you just, you know, and it's just, I, you know, I've never been in there, but I feel a little bit bad because that teacher, I'm just, I'm sure Tom, but I always joke around with him too. But I'm like, I'm, you know, you're sitting up there going, oh, goodness gracious, I know this. What are we doing? You know, I'm thinking Tom, I could sleep through French class and be okay with it. But I mean, He's one of those kids, not a lot of them are doing homework and, 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 you know, getting it all done, but, you know, he's always pulling out his books. He's always working. Uh, you know, he'll pull out a book and I'll say, Tom, but what are you working on? And he'll some one of those very high level math classes and he'll show me the work and I'll look at him and go, to me, that looks like some foreign language that you're working on. And I have no idea what that is, but Tom, but he's got it all figured out. He is, I mean, he's, he's just very smart. And then, you know, him coming to Sacred Heart, you know, he was a very shy guy, and, you know, I don't think he, uh, he could speak English, obviously, but uh, he's a very good, very well English-speaking uh, student, but then at their their graduation, he was voted to give the, the class speech, and I think that bolds on how well uh, the kids at Sacred Heart love Tamba and how smart he is to sit there and you know, not have English being his native, native, native uh, tongue, him getting up in front of hundreds of people and uh, giving a speech and giving an eighth grade graduation speech was just bold. Well, but yeah, he's, you know, people ask me all the time. I think we talked about this, about him reclassifying, you know, high school, unfortunately is academically, you know, he's just, it's just, you know, he's, it's, he's just too smart for it right now. It's just, <laughs> and also Catholic academic is some of the highest I've ever seen uh, with mm-hmm. some of these kids bringing in their classwork, but, for Tomba, it's just like, you know, uh, if he had another year, it'd just be like, a, you know, I guess in college, him going, taking a, a graduate, graduating, graduating courses and taking a master class just to, just to take classes. You know, it'd be something that he would absolutely, he, he'd do very well, but he'd just be like, oh, well, here we go again. I got to get this done. But man, he is just, his, his, I, it's just, it's just crazy. I, I've never asked him what he wants to be, but I know, Whatever he does, you know, after basketball is over, wherever that takes him, you know, I, it's gonna he's gonna do really well and he's gonna really, uh, really excel in uh, in that whatever field he chooses to take. This is a, a kind of one of the last basketball like specific questions I'll ask, and before I get into a couple other things here too about Hanjay, but what do you think his potential or ceiling, you know, however you want to word it, what do you think his potential is? Because it's I, I feel like it's you know 
it's probably a little hard to tell with him being, you know, still pretty raw and learning a lot and, you know, being still somewhat new to the game of basketball. But I, I feel like mm-hmm. he's a guy that has, I feel like he has, just from my perspective, I, you know, I haven't coached him, so I'd be curious to hear what you have to say. But from my perspective, it seems like he has a pretty high ceiling and a guy that can learn and, and you know, if, if nothing else, you know, be what Kyle Alexander was for Tennessee and be a guy that can pull in, you know, six, seven rebounds and be a guy that's going to, you know, be that rim protector for you. I think that's what he can be, but I think just looking at his athleticism and what he does, I think he could be even more than that. So what do you think his potential is as a, as a player? Man, I think it's as, <clears throat> excuse me, it's, it's as high as it, I mean, for probably anybody that's even been playing basketball since, like I said, since six years old. This guy has gotten better every single year. I know going into his eighth grade year, people would tell me, you know, man, you know, he's just, you know, I think he's just seven, you know, he's just seven feet tall. He's not really that good. And then over time, people saw him in the summer, saw him play in the summer, and then fall came, and it's like, man, never mind. You know, hey, Coach, I'll forget what I just said. This kid, seeing him from, you know, early February, March, and seeing him in June and July is just a, it's just a, a huge difference. And like I said, Tomba, he's he's going to work. It doesn't matter. Tomba can go in there and two years from now, three years from now, start pulling down 15 boards, 15 and 15, one of those situations. He's going to look, how can I get – how can I pull down 16 to 17 boards? How can I pull out, how can I go from, you know, 20 and 20? How can I be one of those guys? He's going to find a way to do it. His, you know, just how he can pick up the game, but it's not something to where he's had 15,000 coaches over his years telling them 15,000 different things, if that makes sense. You know, he's had Coach Patterson. He's had uh, Bobby Mays, obviously, is his coach. You know, um, not bragging, but he's had me, myself, Coach Scott, and Coach Hutchins. So, He's had a handful of guys that are roughly telling him roughly the same thing. Obviously, Coach Patterson is AAU coach, and Bobby's going to tell him different things during AAU season, but he doesn't have 15,000 coaches that have told him 15,000 things over the past, you know, 16, 17 years. In this five-year span, six-year span, whatever it may be, he's had some good coaches give him the same principles and the same keys uh, to be successful on the court. So he's taking that and he's run with it. It's one of those things where he is going to keep working. I mean, he's he's he won't be outworked, and if he sees somebody with probably outworking him, he's going to find a way to work harder. You know, it's going to be one of those things. You know, I don't know where it's where it's going to go, but I know one thing is he's he's going to he's he's going to be very successful in basketball. He's going to do everything the right way. He's going to be a, he's a great kid, um, but he's he's going to be a hard worker. And his ceiling, I don't, com- I can't compare him to anybody because I just don't know really anybody like him because. You know, like I said, a lot of seven-footers, you think they're just – they can't move or uh, they can't knock down an outside shot and they're not physical sometimes. But Tampa's not one of those guys. He's physical and he can shoot an outside shot. And I think with that first year, maybe him redshirting is where Coach Barnes and that staff will give him the confidence to be able to shoot that 15, 17-footer and even step outside and, and, and shoot a three, you know. and Maybe shoot one here and there and knock down one or two a game and still put his back to the basket. But – I mean, it's very high. He's just because he just hasn't, you know, he he's just he's still learning the game. Like I said, he just had a handful of coaches, and now he's going to have a primarily a, the same coaches for you know a good four or five years. You know, telling him roughly the same thing and how to get better, and he's just going to keep at it. He's just going to keep working at it. I think whether it's been you know like you or other people who've coached him, or even um, different analysts like Jerry Meyer, the, the consistent thing I've heard with him has been that he's not going to get out work, that he is a hard worker. I mm-hmm. think I think that 
that to me more than even his athletic traits because you can have all the athletic gifts in the world but if you don't mm-hmm. apply yourself and work hard for it you know the guy who is you know closer to average than superstar can go out and go out and beat you because they're working harder than you I, th- I think that to me is like the biggest thing i picked up from what you said and what like i said just things i've seen consistently with him is that he he's not going to get outworked i think that can't be Understated, like that. That can't be, or I guess overstated. Whatever word I'm looking for there. That 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 to me had like that can't be emphasized enough. That his work ethic, if true, that you know he's not going to be a guy that gets out of work. He's not going to be a guy that um, is going to take it for granted. I don't think. No, he's not. Like I said, he stays. Him and BJ stay after practice almost every single night. You know, Presley patterson who he rides to school with and after practice he especially sitting in his car for 20 minutes waiting on tombo to to you know hey let's go it's time to go home and sometimes I, you know i have to kick him out of the gym myself for him and bj just like all right guys listen i love y'all but it's it's time to go I, I gotta go home i gotta get i gotta go to work uh we can't sit in here until 12 if you if you let those two if you let them bj and tombo would probably sleep in the gym they they would get out of the gym for a couple hours, go get something to eat. But those two would stay in the gym and just sleep in there, shoot free throws, shoot outside shots, uh, work on post moves, work on ball handling, whatever it is. Those two would stay in the gym if you let them. And uh, that's the thing about Tom. But like I said, he he's, he – and it wasn't something his freshman year he would always do. Uh, maybe a little bit in his sophomore year he started to get the hang. He started to realize if I really want to be good, I really want to be great, or if I really want these schools or offer me these scholarships – I'm going to have to put in the work time and, and get after it. And ever since then, it's been something to where he's he's not going to he's not going to give up. He has no problem going to lift weights uh, when they don't have school, and then coming over and doing a two-hour practice and staying out staying uh, 30 minutes after to shoot more shots. Like I said, he's going to find a way to work on it. And you say, all right, Tom, you got to work on your left hand. You got to work on your drop steps. You got to look work on your jump hooks. He's going to be in the gym shooting. 25 jump hooks. He's going to work two 25 drop steps. He's going to learn to turn over his left shoulder. He's going to learn. I mean, he's going – if you say you have to work on this, Tom is going to stay and work on it as as long as you possibly let him. By the way, when you're talking about Presley Patterson, that is is the guard who's committed to Vanderbilt, right? That you're talking about? Yes, that is. God, y'all (laughs) – y'all over at Knox Catholic have played such a loaded roster the last year, man. Look at – mentioning Blue Kane, he's a guy that, you know, I have eyes on for the next class as well. Patterson, B.J. Edwards, Andre Tommy. Y'all have had some, like, superb players over there the past couple years. Yeah, we have. And it it kind of all started with – really, I mean, there's there's been some great players come through Knoxville Catholic, one of the main ones that uh, really – got started or really helped us was uh, Luke Smith, who's now at Belmont, who was uh, up for Mr. Basketball in the class of 2A in Tennessee and ended up winning uh, the Knox, uh, Knoxville New Sentinel Prep Extra Player of the Year for boys. Went to Swanee and now at Belmont. I think he was on the Newcomer of the Year in that, in that, in that conference or on the Newcomer, all-Newcomer team or whatever it may be. And then Akeem Odesipe, who uh, signed with uh, Vandy, a couple years ago, um, is now uh, at Kent State. Uh, was also a B-Maze kid. Uh, he, you know, he transferred into Knoxville Catholic, and after playing, actually playing against Knoxville Catholic, and when he was at another school, and uh, I think he said, you know, that's somewhere I want to be. Looks like they kind of do the things they do things right. They do the things the right way, and uh, and then obviously, you know, it's helped. You know, going into going into private school division where we can kind of go out and try to find kids and bring them in. And, 
it's you know when the thing about it is we got blue cane we got some of the noseable but there's about two or three of them that nobody's really heard of yet that's going to be roughly on the same level that's you know the, on a recruiting level as all these other guys but yeah it's it's been fun it's been it's it's, it's fun to coach them and you know people look at us and you know you know they think we probably just roll the ball out there and just kind of get after it but i mean these kids they're they're very good they love practice they love being around each other they have a great time i mean they all hang out with each other on aau circuit anyway so but uh these kids man it's 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 been fun uh coaching a lot of these d1 guys and like i said i've graduated from knoxville Catholic in 03 you know we've had some good players and some good teams but just seeing these kids and what they can do on the basketball court these last three or four years for me has been it's been it's been fun to watch by the way for those who may not know luke smith of belmont he was the second leading scorer on that team that was 26 and 4 this past season so <laughs> yeah. that's that's pretty good that's pretty good to be the like you said he was you know one of the newcomers of the year but pretty good to be the second leading scorer on on that belmont team that was a really good belmont team this past year so yeah y'all y'all have definitely had some like you said that that probably started that y'all have had some very good players over the past few years um last question here that, that's kind of related or actually i guess yeah uh, actually two more sorry uh, about hanje that i want to ask you before we, we close up here yeah um, I don't know. I don't know if he's spoken too much about you know his relationship with Tennessee's coaches or what his thoughts are on Rick Barnes or his coaching staff. But I, I'm curious if he has, and if if he hasn't, you know, I'd be curious your thoughts on the staff and their interactions. You know, not only with Hanje but with BJ and you know with the other guys that you know clearly have gotten interest from Tennessee at Knox Catholic too. Yeah, you know uh, he hasn't. I've, I've asked him a few times here and there, but you know sometimes you know I know those kids probably get. Everybody in the school is asking him. Everybody, you know, mm-hmm. everybody outside of school is always asking him. So, I, you know, if they bring it up, I'll talk to him. And sometimes I'll just be curious just for myself. I won't – they tell me something, you know, in confidence or something like that, I won't tell them. But they've always said, you know, I think the biggest part was uh, what that staff was, you know, he's uh, Coach Oliver, who's now is at uh, ETSU. But I know those guys really liked him, and, and he did a good job of recruiting them and, and taking it. But I think the thing with Tomba that I think I've – one time I've asked him what he liked about him is just their, again, their development, how they develop guys. He knows that, you know, because Tommy knows he's, he could, he could definitely be, do some things better. And uh, he knows that there's some things he could, he does well that he can improve on. And I think he knows that when he goes over at that staff, I mean, I mean, everybody knows, you know, going, I mean, it is everybody knows the players they have when that staff got there, when coach Barnes got there. And I know a lot of those guys, his assistant coaches are gone and take head coaching jobs, but mm-hmm. It's been something to where, you know, he knows, you know, okay, I could be, I could, my first year, my freshman redshirt year, I could, you know, I could average five points and not be as good, but he knows if he stays and he works and he really buys in, which I know Tom, but will do, um, you know, that, that he'll make a huge jump from that first year to the second year where he's averaging double figures and putting himself in a good position to be, you know, who knows, an all defensive player, an all SEC player, possibly, hopefully. I mean, you look at Eve Ponds this year in the last couple of years. I mean, just seeing his development from the first time that got him and uh, Fulkerson, seeing his development, I mean, especially with those big guys and mm-hmm. uh, how they developed the big guys in these last couple of years. I think that's one of the things that, that Tomba loves. He loves to – he knows he's going to – they're going to push him to get better. And that's the thing about it. And, and Tomba, he's not one of those that, you know, you can't, you, you, you can't get on him or he's going to shut down if you get on him. He, he doesn't mind hard coaching and – He'll take it with a grain of salt. He knows that you're just trying to make him better, and uh, you know he'll he'll really buy in and he'll he'll uh, he'll exceed all your all your expectations. And 
and maybe then some. Well, to kind of wrap it up here, and this it kind of goes into him as a player, him as a person, so kind of an, an all-encompassing yeah. question about uh, Andre here. What kind of person is he, in your opinion? Is he, is he quiet? Is he outspoken? You know, what, what kind of person is he on the court, and what kind of person is he off the court? He is He's very quiet, but I think he's only quiet if he doesn't really know you that well. Hmm. The thing I love about Tamba is, you know, unless he was banged up or, you know, anything like that, I mean, every single day in practice, he – it's a huge smile on his face. Never, I never saw him take that smile off unless it was we're scrimmaging and the team he's on is is uh, it's not playing well or they're, or they're losing because Tamba. Another thing he is, he's he, I've never seen anybody more competitive than than him. I mean, he is doesn't matter if it's pick up or shoot around or any type of game, he's very competitive. But he's one of those man. He's once he knows you, he's I mean, he's a jokester. He jokes around with everybody. He's walk around with a smile on his face and you know every day I ask him I say Tomba how's school today he'll say ah it was school you know I say well what are you doing and he just goes nothing just 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 hanging out just doing school I mean he's just you know it's just little things like that's where he's just this his answers and the way he goes by himself he he just he just he loves he loves the game he loves being around the being around his teammates I mean, he is a huge, you know, a huge jokester with everybody else. And you're thinking, you know, Zamba, you, I don't know, you talk, you know, you kind of joke around with everybody because you know all these kids they like to rag on each other and give each other a hard time. But don't don't, don't let it be don't let it be fooled. Tomba's the first one to get in there. He'll get his jabs in and and he'll get back out and go on the other side of the court. But I mean, he's just a great kid. I've yet to find anybody to say one bad thing about him and I'm not saying anybody says anything bad about other kids but it's just you it's hard to find something with Tomba that you can you can't find something you know you find something wrong I mean he 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 just he loves little kids he's great with kids uh I mean he's he just every day like I said the first thing you're going to notice is that huge smile that he has and the love that he has for his teammates and his school and and uh for his friends and family I mean like I said he's He's one of those kids, and he is obviously he sticks out because he's seven feet. But he's in the his shirts off in the football and student section when during football games, and <laughs> he's painted up and he's cheering and he's he's going crazy when the drum line gets up there in the in the student section. And I mean, he's being a student, he's having fun, he's having a great time. And I think that's one of those things that you know he's quickly quickly learned. Again, like I said, he was when he got here and I had him in eighth grade. He was a you know he's a pretty shy kid. It kind of takes him a while. I think once Tomba knows that he he trusts you and he understands you're not going to hurt him or anything like that, and you're you love him just as much as he loves you. Uh, when it comes to friends or even coaches, then he is he's 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 going to joke around with you. He's going to tell you stories. He's going to try to tell you jokes and and everything else. And uh, you know he he's he's always always telling all times that Tomba, I don't I don't care how big you are. You know if I was thirty pounds down, I you know I you wouldn't have a, you wouldn't stand a chance. And he just laughs and laughs and laughs because. Obviously, I'm not seven foot. I'm not even close to it. So he's looking at me like, you wouldn't even get a shot off. But, you know, I joke around with him all the time about that. I would back him down in the low post, and he, he, would, uh, he wouldn't have anything to do with it. But he just uh, – he's a great kid, man. He's, he's funny, and I think UT fans are just going to love his personality, especially, uh, especially the UT fans that have kids. They're going to – because obviously if you have a young kid, man, he's, he's seven foot tall, you know, you – a lot of kids don't see a lot of kid guys that size, so when they do those signings and those autograph sessions and meet the Vols and that kind of stuff, they're 
Tom is going to be great with those kids, and those kids are going to love him. Those parents are going to be very happy that he, you know, took the whatever amount of time it was to take a picture or sign a sign a basketball for some five year old who probably like a lot of us here in East Tennessee. There's not a lot of seven footers walking around town, so <laughs> we don't we don't get to see those guys all the time. So he's going to take the time to really embrace the the fan base of Tennessee, and I, I think that's one thing Tennessee fans are going to notice that. You know, obviously during the game, if it's not going well, he's not going to have a smile on his face. But when you see him around town, you see him around Knoxville, and, you know, obviously his name's going to be out. You say, hey, Tom, but he's going to turn around with that huge smile. and He'll definitely wave back or sign an autograph for you no matter what. This is as a side note before I get off here, but this has to be one of the, if not the tallest recruiting class I've ever seen Tennessee pull in in men's basketball because you've got – now, Tombo, seven footer. You got six eleven Jonas Adu, six ten, six eleven Brendan mm-hmm. Huntley Hatfield, and then you've also got two guards in, in Quentin Debonje and Justin Powell. Who obviously Powell's not technically a recruit, but those are two guys that are six yeah. six as guards. So, I mean, this is a pretty tall class. That, that's that's if you're a fan of post players, and, and I think a lot of all fans do like you know think Tennessee need help in the post. There you go. You're getting some help in the post for the future with these these this huge like, literally signing class for Tennessee. That that's impressive to see. A seven footer, a six eleven, and then a six ten, six eleven guy, and, and all in the same class. And two of those guys reclassified too, so that's also um, interesting to me. It is, and I think that's another thing that how Tomba is going to really flourish at Tennessee because, I mean, here you know, two years ago, him and Akeem on the we have to, if we wanted to scrimmage and it be competitive, we'd have to pit him and Akeem on opposite teams. <laughs> you know, Akeem's also six seven. Because I mean, if there there's nobody there, it can obviously guard Tom at seven feet, and you know I think that's one thing. Him battling against guys six eleven, six eleven, six ten, six nine, you know, and guys that have been in the weight room and live in the weight room already, that's going to make him better. You know, it's nothing against our other guys or other kids, but you know we had a freshman this year that was uh, obviously he got put on some some quarantine restrictions, but he was only six seven, and then our next tallest pros was six one six two. so you know all Tom has to do is catch it and turn uh, so that's not something he can't you know and then when we go play the IMGs of the worlds and the and we go to Washington DC when they have guys they have two or three guys all you know six ten six ten six ten six ten you know it's kind of hard for him to adjust but I think that's the one thing that's going to make him better him going against guys his size because obviously in the SEC, that's going to be every single week, and the, the schedule that Tennessee plays, the non-conference schedule. I mean, every single game he's going to against players that is going to be six eleven, six ten, seven feet that are going to be more physical probably than him at the time, and and have a little bit more experience. But I think I think that's the thing that's going to help him in the practice is him going against this guys his side that's going to be able to maybe push him off the block, be more physical with him, so he can adjust and he knows how to. How to how to play it a little bit on the block when, you know, somebody just as strong as he is is pushing him around, and uh, he won't back down. But I think again that's going to make it make him even better. Him going against those guys every single day in practice. Well, coach, again, I really appreciate you joining me for another interview here, talking about another Knox Catholic commit to Tennessee. <laughs> uh, are there any are there any closing thoughts you have uh, before we end the podcast here? Did you? Yo, know, I haven't asked, or do you want to share with fall fans about about you know? Could be Tombo, could be BJ Edwards, could be anything. No, just uh, you know, I I just want to say that uh, I thank you for reaching out and covering our guys and our program. But like I said, I think Tennessee fans and you know next year you know they're going to be very happy seeing BJ and hopefully I think everything's kind of opening back up. 
you know, we don't have a lot of home games at Knoxville Catholic, but they can definitely come out and check out DJ uh, when we do. And then I think, you know, I think with Tomba, you know, just give them a year, give them a time, and Tennessee fans are really going to love them, and they're really going to be very happy with them. But, uh, no, my biggest thing is I just greatly uh, thank you for reaching out and talking about our guys and talking about our program. Well, absolutely. It's been a joy to talk about them, and it's, they've been giving Tennessee some good news. So <laughs> it's been fun to talk about it. So, uh, Coach, thank you so much again for, for joining me. I, I really appreciate it, and hopefully Vol fans get have gotten to know uh, Tennessee newest commitment, new signee uh, as well. So thank you so much. Not a problem. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. Subscribe to the show so you'll never miss another episode. 